0: I'm going to get right into the Word because my spirit is running inside of me. You can probably sense that. I'm going to take you to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 8. And I'm going to read a little bit. We're going to pray and we're going to get right into this, okay? Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 8. We're continuing our series, Did God Have a Plan for America or God and America? Verse 8 of Ephesians chapter 3. Paul says, Although I am less than the least... Of all God's people he said this grace has been given me here's the grace that's been given to me to preach to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable listen to it the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery right now just put in your comments mystery this mystery which for ages past, listen very carefully, was kept hidden in God. Now, how many of you know that God has a way of hiding things? Isaiah tells us that he has hid things for us. He doesn't hide things from us. He hides things for us. He never hides them from us. And he says these things were hidden in God, who created all things. His intent, his purpose, his objective, his reason was that now, everybody say now, now, through the church, there it is, through the what? The church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. When? Now. What? The manifold wisdom of God should be made when? Known when? Now. Watch. To the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished through Jesus Christ, our Lord. It didn't fail. It was accomplished through who? Jesus Christ, our Lord. Father, thank you for the reading of the word for the next few moments of time. I ask you to allow us to peer through a prophetic lens as we look into the forecast of the future of the institution that you have called your church. And I pray, God, that people's hearts are filled with hope as we look into your word tonight. I feel that they sense a, a feeling of faith in them even now, that faith is building even as I am praying. And, Father, we break every generational curse we dismiss any generational spirit that would distract or detour our destiny so we release revelation and anointing right now to everyone that's watching to everyone that is viewing this we release it now in jesus name and everyone said praise the lord Lord. then let me start this by saying on sunday when we talked about did god have a plan for america we started with foundations Psalm 11 says this, what shall the righteous do if the foundations be destroyed? The foundations are the moral supports or the basis or the objective of a thing. But mainly in the etymology, it has this connotation, the moral balusters. It's the moralities that hold things up. What shall the righteous do if morals are destroyed? I want you to think about that. Then we, we uh, graduated our thought to, why do we forget? And we went through scripture after scripture about how that people, when they began to prosper, the Bible uses the word wax fat, Jeshurun, referring to the people of God, wax fat, and they forgot God. They forgot that God had blessed them. Why do we forget so easily? And then we ended it on the caveat of where I'm going to continue tonight, which is forecasting a great future. All right, now. now, let me tell you, the turmoil and the turbulence in our nation, the upheaval that we see in this land doesn't need to be rehearsed anymore. We got it. I don't know about you all, but I have dwelled in the land of frustration long enough. Right. I am ready now to peer into the lens of the future. I want to know what's next what what is coming what is next and so when paul writes to this church at ephesus he says listen there's a mystery listen to the vocabulary there are things hidden in god he ultimately says it's all revealed in christ but he says this he says the secret to it all is that the intention of god and the wisdom of god would be made known not through any other institution than the church. So in your comments put that right now two words the church the church the church. Why is the church so powerful? Uh-huh. Jesus says when you read Matthew 16:19, I will give unto you, Simon Peter, based on your confession that Jesus is Lord. Watch. I'm going to give to you the keys Of the kingdom of heaven and watch what he says and whatsoever you shall bind where on earth shall be bound in heaven whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven heaven cannot do anything that earth does not activate it don't start in heaven it starts in the earth but who does it start through it starts through the church And he says, upon this rock, I will build by what church? And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The redeeming agency of God in the earth is the church. Do you hear me? The redeeming agency of God in the earth is the church. Church, I want to encourage you. Why are we putting our hands On our head in shock that the church is under such attack right now why is there such polarization among preachers why is this there's this division in the family of God because Satan is busy but Satan knows that if we just keep praying and holding together we are on the preface of the greatest move of God we've ever seen Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. We cannot sit idly by and watch him do his handiwork. At some point, the church has to stand up and say, we are about to make manifest stuff that's been hidden for decades, for centuries. We are about to make known the wisdom and the power of God. If you're close to somebody, you ought to high-five them and tell them it's our turn now. It's our time now. There are three inevitables about the church. Number one, it cannot die. The church cannot die. Number two, the church cannot fail. The church cannot fail. And then finally, the church will always have power. Y'all not hearing me tonight. The church will always have power. Three things. It cannot die. It cannot fail. And it will always have power. Somebody shout praise the Lord right there. Now let me show you something here real quick. I'm going to take you through history on another road. Last Sunday we talked about did God have a plan for America. And we walked through history together. But my Bible tells me in Ephesians chapter 3 All right. that God kept certain things hidden for certain times. Right. Right. Okay. So when this nation is in its infancy, yeah. in the birthing season of a nation, yeah. everybody right now is talking about framers and fathers. Yeah. All right. The framers of our nation and the fathers of our nation. I'm not here to talk about them tonight. I'm here to talk about what is behind the canvas. I'm here to talk about what is beyond what you see. Because when the Revolutionary War was going on, and people were trying to be freed from one place while killing people in another place, there was chaos in the nation. Even in its infancy, there was chaos. But while this chaos was going on, There was a young man behind the scenes, his name was Jonathan Edwards, and he started preaching among the colonies, and as he is preaching among the colonies, people start getting saved. Watch this, one lady gets saved, and 1,100 people are born again in one week because of one person. I'm not here to talk to you about what history has taught you in the classroom. I'm here to talk to you about what history teaches you in the spiritual room. Because beyond the canvas canvas and beyond the veil, there's a preacher named Charles Whitfield that starts preaching the gospel. And history will tell you about this preacher. That he is more famous than any general in the army. He is more famous than any patriarch because he was preaching the gospel. Watch, 900,000 people heard this man preach. Something happens beyond the scenes because God always hides certain things for certain seasons. There's a preacher preaching beyond the warfare. Let me keep going. Some of you have never heard of this next great awakening. It was during the Arkansas War. Most people don't even know what the Arkansas War was. It happened in 1824. Wow. What was it over? American democracy, watch, and equality for all men. <laughs> Sound familiar? Yeah. The war was over, American democracy, and equality for all men. When did it happen? 1824. But while the war was going on in 1824, there's a preacher that shows up on the scene. His name is Charles Finney. Charles Finney begins to preach the gospel. 31,000 people are saved in a six-month period while Charles Finney is preaching the gospel. The Bible, I mean, history will tell us that 40 out of every 50 people in this country heard Charles Finney preach. Why? Because God always had a man that he hid behind the scenes. You want to talk about American history? You want to talk about did God have a plan for America? Yes, he did. Because God always had a remnant on reserve. God has never been without a man. He's never been without a people. All right, let's move forward in time. The Civil War breaks out. What is it about? Equality for all men. As soon as the Civil War ends, revival breaks out in this nation. And by 1862, listen to this. 300,000 soldiers were converted to Christ. What? 300,000 soldiers are born again at the end of the Civil War. Let's move forward. Come on. Come on with me. I'm talking about spiritual awakenings in this nation. Let's run forward into the 1900s. An earthquake happens in 1906 in San Francisco. 500 people die in that earthquake. In the same month that the earthquake happens in San Francisco, in the same year, 1906, drive down the road to Los Angeles, California, to a little mission on the side of the road called the Azusa Mission. You're gonna find a one-eyed black man From the state of Louisiana, who passed through Topeka, Kansas, receives the baptism of the Holy Ghost under the teaching of Charles Parham. He leaves that mission and he goes to Azusa, California. He starts preaching, and for 360 something days, fire sets on top of the building, and the fire department comes out night after night to put the fire out, but there's no fire and multitudes of people are being saved and the pentecostal movement in the united states is born what is going on in the earth in 1906 racism we're still trying to figure out equality for men and there's turbulence and earthquakes and things are going crazy in the earth are y'all with me let's move forward to 1948 israel becomes a nation WHAT IS GOING ON IN AMERICA RACISM WE'RE TRYING TO FIGURE OUT EQUALITY FOR MEN 1948 A GUY THROWS A TEN UP NAMED ORAL ROBERTS HE STARTS PREACHING RW SHAMBACH ON THE OTHER SIDE OF THE COUNTRY THROWS A TEN UP HE STARTS PREACHING BILLY GRAHAM THROWS A TEN UP HE STARTS PREACHING THREE STREAMS OF GOSPEL START IN 1948. And they bring revival to this nation in 1948. And the latter rain revival and the healing revival start at the same time. While turbulence is happening in the nation. I hope you're following this cycle. I hope you're seeing this pattern. Let's move forward to 1968. 1968. Wait a minute now. Let's slow down. 1968. 1968. Is known as the most turbulent year in American history. On, Historians tell us 1968 is the year that America changed forever. On, 1968 Martin Luther King Jr. is shot. He is killed. 1968 Robert Kennedy is killed. 1968 is the height of the vietnam war this nation is in revolt right. mm-hmm. sound familiar yeah, yeah, yeah. rewind the clock on. to 1968 and you're going to see today on. right. in 1968 from 1968 to 1970 it was the worst three years in american history Historians will tell you more damage was done in those three years than we've ever seen. But the greatest transformation happened in the succeeding years. I hope you're seeing the pattern. But here's what I found out. There was a pandemic that broke loose in 1968. It was called the Hong Kong flu. It killed 100,000 Americans. Are y'all hearing this? It killed 100,000 Americans in 1968. From 1968 to 1970, 180,000 people died from this pandemic. My God. Come on. Does this sound familiar to you? Sir? And the virus broke out, the pandemic broke out. Watch, one historian wrote these words, but the church, All right. yeah, yeah, yeah. there were sweeping changes underway. And it only, watched. there were sweeping changes underway in the church. And it added to the uncertainty of the times. What's happening in the church right now? Sweeping changes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it added to the uncertainty of the times. He goes on the right. They were necessary changes that came at a terrible time. Boy, y'all didn't hear that right there. They were necessary changes that came at a terrible time. 1968 was recorded as a cultural tsunami from which one writer wrote, we would never recover. 1968. Well, let me help you. In 1968, while that's going on in the world, (laughs) there's a movement that starts. As a matter of fact, there are two streams of a move of God that hit this land. One is called the charismatic movement, and one is called the Jesus people movement. Started in 1968, the Jesus movement was characterized by long-haired hippies wearing blue jeans and t-shirts, playing box guitars in the church. Suits were out. Jeans were in. Ties were out. T-shirts were in. Does it sound familiar? Does it look familiar? The end of an era had come. And the Jesus people movement said, we want miracles. The charismatic movement said, we want to be known. We want it to be known that we speak in tongues. That was the number one characteristic. We want it to be known that we pray in the Spirit. Now here's the deal. While all that's happening, God has hidden away a remnant. And this young black man shows up on the scene in 1968. And he releases an album called Take This Message Everywhere. What is his name? Andre Crouch. And he writes a song about the blood of Jesus Christ. Are y'all hearing me? Because while stuff is, Vietnam War is at its height. Riots in the street day after day. Revolt on every hand. This nation was a pandemic happening all in the same year. And God is raising up hippies. And from the black community songwriters and a revival hits this nation. 90,000 people born again in one region in the United States of America on the West Coast. Why? Because God is never, ever without a man. God is never, American history, you can cry all you want, but let me help you tonight. You got too many people of God in this nation. You got too many praying mamas. You got too many praying dads. You got too many patriarchs in your past that has fasted and sought God for your future. America, you can't die. You can't die. And it's not because of that White House. It's not because of that state capitol. You can't die because God's got his house. And God's got his people. And God's got his remnant. And I came by to tell you tonight, church, listen to me. I came by to tell you our greatest day is just before us. At the end of every revolt, there's revival. At the end of every cycle and turmoil and tsunami of culture, there is a move of God that changes an entire nation. I'm almost done. But I didn't come here to play tiddlywinks with you tonight or checkers. I didn't come do that. I came to give you the word of the Lord. I'm going to show you something. Say this with me. Things always get bad before they get better. That's right. They get darker before they get brighter. So God's got a people. And these people are in bondage. And these people are in oppression. And God hears the cry of those people. Yeah. Yeah. There's profanities and shouting of hate and bitterness and and anger, screaming from this nation. But behind that is a cry of God's people. Y'all not hearing me. And God is hearing that cry. Watch what happens. God speaks to a young man named Moses. And he says, I'm going to use you to bring these people out. Why? Because he hid Moses away for 40 years in the wilderness. He kept him in hiding until a certain time. And now it's his time. So he goes to Pharaoh, and he tells Pharaoh what God says. And watch what happens in verse number 23 of chapter 5. He comes back to God, and watch what the leader says. Since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people. Neither, has he, neither have you delivered the people at all. In other words, since I started talking about our freedom... To, since I started talking about our deliverance, yeah. things done got worse. All right. And you ain't doing nothing. Doesn't it feel like that right now? Yeah. Yeah. We are screaming about change and fix it and what our future looks like. And it seems like every day things are getting worse yeah. because things always get darker yeah. before your brightest day. But chapter six has to, has to come. Verse one says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Now, Somebody ought to shout it in your comments. Now, exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. Now, watch what he says. Now you're going to see what I will do to Pharaoh. Whoo! Y'all not hearing me. God is about to show up in America. Watch what he says. You're going to see what I'm going to do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand, he's going to let my people go. And with a strong hand, he shall drive them out of his land. And God spoke to Moses and said unto him, I am in control. Y'all didn't hear that? I got this. I'm the Lord. Watch what he says. And I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But by the name Jehovah, I was not known to them. In other words, I'm about to show you a side of me you've never seen. I'm about to show you a side of me no one has ever seen. Can I tell you that I believe we're about to see a move of God like we've never seen. It's not going to be like your daddy's revival. It's not going to be like Paul's revival. This revival, you can't define it. We don't even know yet. But God said, I'm about to show you a side of me that's never been seen. And watch what he said. I've established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan the land of their pilgrimage, where they were strangers. And I've heard the groaning of the children of Israel, watch, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And God said, I remembered my covenant. It literally means I recalled what I always said I was going to do. Wherefore, say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians. I will rid you out of their what? Bondage. There it is. And I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people. And I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God which brings you out from under the what? Burden. You ought to shout right now. We're coming out from under this burden. We are. We're coming out of this pandemic. We're coming out of this political upheaval. We're coming out of it. Watch what he says in verse 8. And I will bring you in. God never brings a person or a people out of something unless he's already prepared what he has for them to go into. Watch what he says. I'll bring you out and I'll bring you into the land that I already talked to you about. And I'm going to give it to you for a heritage. I'm almost done. Give me five minutes. And Moses spake to the, listen, don't miss this. And Moses spoke to the children of Israel. Listen now. But they hearken not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. I'm going to just let that sit in. Just let that sit in just for a moment. They did what? They hearken not. Because of what? Anguish of spirit. And because of what? Cruel bondage. Preachers, they can't hear us right now. They're not listening. I've never heard preachers preaching as good as they're preaching right now. And I watch preachers' people walk out of buildings and away from these online streams and just go about their way like the world. They're not hearing us. They're not changing. They're not shifting. This is a discouraged preacher right here moses spoke to the children but they hearkened not unto moses they hearkened not unto moses why because and this is the anguish of spirit we're seeing in our country right now because of anguish of spirit and cruel bondage they can't hear him they're not listening so watch what the lord said to moses first of all i want you to see what god didn't say he never addressed those people let me tell you something preachers there's some place we got to go sometimes by ourselves. Right. I, I know y'all didn't hear that right now, but I'm going to say it again. Preachers, listen to Pastor Rick. Yeah. There are some places we have to go by ourselves. Yes. Yes. And if we refuse to go by ourselves, oh, then God cannot do oh, what he had planned on doing. Oh, yeah. You got to be willing to go alone yeah, to if nobody goes with you. So watch what the Lord said to Moses. I ain't even gonna talk to you about the people because they ain't hearing you. He said, go speak to the principal. Go speak to the one in authority. What did Paul write the church at Ephesus? To make, the church is here to make known to the spiritual authorities, the mystery of God. He didn't say speak to the people. He said, go talk to the principal." Go talk to the one in authority that he let my people go out of his hand. Watch what Moses did. And Moses talked back to God and he said, well, hold up a minute. They not listening to me. What makes you think Pharaoh's going to listen to me? And the Lord said to Moses and to Aaron. Moses, I got you some help. It's not a crowd. It's one dude. If any two of you agree is touching anything. You don't need a crowd right now, brothers. You just need one. You just need one that can follow you. One that can hear you. One that can feel you. You just need one. Jonathan had one armor bearer. And he cleared out all the Philistines. Not with an army. With one. So he speaks to Aaron and Moses. Watch what he says. And he says, he gives them this charge to the children of Israel and to Pharaoh, the king. Bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. And you know what the next verse says? He starts listening. He starts listing generations. Did you you all just hear that right there? God said, I'm not even going to deal with these people. You go back and you deal with Pharaoh. You deal with the principle. When you get him where he needs to be, the people will get to where they need to be. Here's the problem with us. We do not believe the Bible. Because if we did, we would know we do not war against flesh and blood. But our war is against principalities and powers and rulers in the heaven. Who are you talking to? Go talk to Pharaoh. Quit arguing with your neighbors. Quit fighting in these streets. Church, quit participating in stuff that is ungodly and unholy. I'm not telling you not to protest, but protest right. 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 Protest in peace. Talk back to me. And start addressing what really has authority. What really has authority is spiritual principalities and powers and rulers in heavenly realms. We're wanting to deal with city councils when we not even dealt with the spiritual authorities in heavenly places. How about let's drop down on our knees and humble ourselves and pray and seek God's face and turn from our wicked ways and see if he won't heal our land. Why don't we tell the devil, loose our region right here and let us go. Why don't we go before the enemy and the principalities and say, you don't rule over San Antonio, Texas. Jesus is Lord over San Antonio, Texas. How do we know that? Because place for life is there. That's how we know. That's a remnant. Satan, loose Oklahoma and let it go. We have the authority to do that. God has told us, go talk to the principal. And so tonight, we have authority in two places as a ministry. We have authority in Oklahoma, and we have authority in San Antonio, Texas. So tonight, we pull out our badge, and we exercise our authority. And devil, you need to hear me and hear me clearly. You are not going to have your way in Oklahoma, and you are not going to have your way in San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio right now is one of the major hubs of this disease. They are taking people out of, they know all the intensive care units are getting full. They're having to put people in the emergency rooms. I bind it in the name of Jesus. I bind racism in Jesus' name. I bind the violence in Jesus' name. And the spirit that is influencing these people Stop in Jesus' name. Back up in the name of Jesus. Back up in Jesus' name. So, Father, we speak revival. We call the revolt to come to an end. And we speak the next great awakening. We don't know when it's going to be, but we're going to decree it like it's tomorrow. We're going to act like it's going to happen next week. You might wait till next year. I don't know what's on your calendar. But we're going to act like we're on the threshold. We're going to preach and pray like we're on the next step in the name of Jesus. Lift your hands right there in your house, wherever you are. God spoke this to me when when we were worshiping tonight. This is live here. We didn't tape this. And God spoke this to me. He said, before any of it is going to happen, every, listen to me, this is what the Holy Spirit said, everyone has to repent. Well, I haven't done anything. Daniel repented for a nation when Daniel didn't do nothing. We all need to repent. Repent doesn't mean cry. It means to rethink your ways. And God told me to tell everybody, number one, repent. Repent. Second thing God told me is to reflect. What does that mean? Look at all the great events in the history of this nation and realize God always had a remnant in hiding. God always had his church intact because the church cannot die and the church cannot fail and the church will always have power. He always had his people properly placed. So reflect on that, reflect on And then here's what the last thing God told me, recall it. I heard the words total recall, bring it all back. Total recall. In other words, if he'd done it before, he will do it again. Amen. So we pray with Habakkuk tonight. Revive your work yes. in our day. Yes. And we thank you for it. I love y'all. If you don't know Jesus tonight, you need to receive him as your Savior. If you're watching this and you say, man, I felt hope tonight. Guys, listen. I don't sense anything but faith and hope. I feel good about our future. I'm not saying all this is going to end tomorrow. I'm just saying there's a great future for God's people. And you need to be a part of the family. If you'll just ask him right there to come into your heart and to forgive you of your sins, he will. And he'll be your Lord and Savior. Join a church, get involved. To the rest of you, I hope you heed what the Spirit of the Lord has said to you tonight. I hope you heard it. I hope you heard things I didn't say. But I hope you will apply it as well. I love you with all my heart. Great things are in front of us. Success to you and success to the kingdom of God.